Baskin Robbins always finds out. That's how winning is done. Are you not entertained? You know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. I know. They're called doctors. Hey, Todd. What's up, Boyd? I think I found what we're going to do, man. Don't keep it a secret. Tell all of us. We're going to talk about what we love. Movies. Yes. I'm your host, Boyd. And I'm your co-host, Todd. Let's call it good catch-up. Hey guys, welcome to another podcast of Good Catch-Up. We're super excited to bring you this week's podcast just because, you know, it's one of Todd and I's absolute favorite movie. It's hilarious. Um, The other guys, I'm going to let Todd kind of go over what it's about. Boyd said it. It's one of our favorites. It's actually in the top of my favorite comedies of all time. Uh, This movie takes place in New York. It starts off with these two stud cops and a car chase. Now these two stud cops are Samuel L. Jackson and Dwayne Johnson, you know, the rock. They have their comedy and their action. Um, They're just two stud cops. They go on and you think that they're going to be playing a huge role in this movie, but some tragedy strikes and other cops have to step in to take their place. And here enters Mark Wahlberg as Terry, who was a has-been cop who made some pretty bad mistakes and got demoted, but he wants to be out there stopping crime and be out there in the action. And then you have Will Ferrell. He's a previous pimp-turned-police-officer-accountant with a good-looking wife who no one understands how he got her, especially Alan, his partner. But these two opposites, because Alan wants to be a pencil pusher, Terry wants to be out in the action. They end up being partners. And the whole entire story is their hate for each other and how they ended up getting along with each other, becoming good friends and solving a pretty intense crime that's been going on for a long time. And just in this movie, some some of the best one-liners. I'd say with some of the best one-liners in movie history. I agree. You could probably have a good one-liner in every two minutes of the movie, right? We're going to cover that like later, but honestly, there's so many one-liners in this movie. It's insane. We'll bring that on to the critic score. So with this movie being as good as we're telling you it is, the IMDb score was 6.7 out of 10. Man, That's they thrashed D. it. They thrashed that one. That's a D. In 20 um, years from now, that's got to change. It's gonna. This is going to be a comedy classic like Dumb and Dumber, even though I don't know the reviews of Dumb and Dumber. It probably has bad ratings too, but it shouldn't. Yeah. If I sit down with somebody and I watch that movie and I'm like, what do you think? What do you, If you give that a rating, would you give it an A, B, C, D, F? What are you thinking? If they give it a D, I'm never watching a movie with that person again. <laughs> I, I, on, I would have to say like, you're... You don't know what a good movie is. I'm sorry. Let me teach you. Yeah, we're no longer movie buddies. We're no longer movie buddies until you can give this at least a B. Yep. That's that's a bare minimum for this movie. Anyway, Rotten Tomatoes um, scored it a 78%. That's uh, that's better. I mean, better than 6.7, obviously. But 
um, with how good this movie is, 78%, still low. Yeah, I agree. And, it's Okay, for example, I'm throwing my in-laws into this. My in-laws, some of our greatest conversations and funny parts of conversations, they quote this movie all the time. That's how yeah, good it is. It's, easily, it's, it's so quotable. So quotable. This this one you're not going to believe because this is the audience score. What you think critique score like critic scores would be lower, but the audience score was 60%. Yeah, I want them to rewatch it. They've got to rewatch this. Have to. We need to Okay, whoever was part of this 60%er crew, we're getting a theater together and we're going to watch this and we're going to we're going to watch it all together. We're going to make you I, sit down with a bag of popcorn and watch it. It's going to yeah, happen. <laughs> We're going to enjoy this movie to the fullest. Yeah, it's so it's such a good movie. And it's just a duo movie. Like Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell, they come together perfectly in this movie. It reminds me of other comedies that involve strong center duos like Dumb and Dumber, Step Brothers, 21 Jump Street. And it's oh, all yeah. mixed into like a rush hour type of movie. It's It's classic. It's so good. It is so good. So the budget for this movie was a hundred million dollars. Okay, the box office it was a hundred and seventy-one million dollars that they made at the box office. About a seventy-one million dollar profit. Yep. See those those critics, they don't know what they're talking about. It was a I mean, peop- success in my mind. You made seventy-one million dollars on this movie. People saw the potential and saw it. That's true. Let let the numbers speak. Let's not let the critics speak, huh? That's right. This time for a comedy, that's not a bad. That's not a bad gain. Not a bad profit. Okay, bad one at all. Are you ready for some random facts? I want to know. I've been excited about this all week. Okay, I have quite a few random facts, so I had to condense it down to a couple of my favorites. Um, one of them, the director Adam McKay, pretty well known director was having dinner with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell uh, prior to the two pairing up. They've never paired before, before this movie. And Adam McKay said during the movie that their personalities would just mesh so well with the movie. So Adam quickly emailed the producer, Kevin Messick, and gave him a quick suggestion saying, hey, this has to happen. Maybe like a cop movie with the duo would be a good start. Um, And boom. It happened just like that. It started off. And then that's just legend. Legend from then on out. Because honestly, Wahlberg plays the perfect cop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but then you throw in Will Ferrell's just like his type of humor. And also with Mark Wahlberg's type of humor. It just went perfect together, I thought. Yeah, the Good cool choice. thing about Mark Wahlberg in this is I this, I feel like this is like one of his first like improv movies with comedy to where he had to come up with things just like that lickety split. And he did a well job with that. Great job. Yeah, that, that's so impressive to me that people can just be in the moment and make that stuff up. That's And it just be classic one-liners. Exactly. For life. Oh, yes. They'll be used... For generations. Now, this next one, um, when you watch the movie, or if you've already watched it, you have the famous Prius. It gets made fun of throughout the entire movie. Um, you have 
Um, the two cops play a pretty big role in it. There's some funny parts that involve the Prius. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but there were actually three Toyota Priuses in this movie, one of which actually had modifications to it to include a racing engine that was too big for the car and it had to sit in the back seat. Talk about power. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That is an interesting fact. Yeah, look it up. I want to buy that Prius from him just so I can say I had a car from the other guys. <laughs> That's probably going for a lot right now. <laughs> so, another fact, Captain Gene, their captain, he he actually just goes by Captain. That's what he goes by. Um, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie is he quotes TLC parts all the time. So he quotes four TLC songs. Creep, Waterfalls, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, and Scrubs. And he says these to the cops like he doesn't know what he's saying it. Now, <laughs> here's the funny part is he, he's saying them without realizing that he's quoting it, but it fits those parts perfectly into what he should be saying. But he, the story goes, he was actually on the way to New York with his son, and his son was listening to TLC without him realizing it. And so he's quoting all these TLC parts without even realizing it. <laughs> it's it's just, pretty funny. Just subconsciously he's doing that. Yes. Huh? So he has no idea that he's actually quoting TLC. It no has, way. It has Alan so confused in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Alan's like, you can't, you can't use that sentence and then not realize that you're quoting TLC, right? <laughs> Dude, if you oh haven't watched gosh, it, you gotta watch it and you understand what we're talking about. That improv is amazing. Okay, and then another improvised portion of the movie was there's this tuna versus lion. Now I know one person who would respect this more than any other person in the world, and it's my brother-in-law Drake. He quotes this, he has this memorized, and we just crack up every time he says it. It's hilarious. But it's when Alan and Terry are in a huge fight. And Terry's like, I'm going to be a lion. I'm going to go out and kill you pretty much. And you're a tuna. And Alan goes in this whole entire spiel about how that's not part of the food chain. You got to listen to it. So when you watch the movie, listen to that quote. Lions can't swim. (laughs) You can go with like a, a bunch of tuna. It's not going to happen. Now, no. we've, now we've formed a breathing apparatus. <laughs> we're, and we've had a taste of lion. We like lion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. So you got to watch that part alone. It's just well worth the movie. Okay. And the last one that I decided on is there's a part of the movie that is hilarious. And it's there's this homeless band led by Dirty Mike, and it's called Dirty Mike and the Boys, and they end up taking the Prius, stealing the Prius, and they, what we call the the F-Shack, don't go in too deep into it, I won't get too dirty, and they call it, the, they had a soup kitchen in this Prius. Now that soup kitchen part plays a big role in the movie. It's one of the classic one-liners in there, and that was improv <laughs> Really? Yes. This whole movie just seems like improv city right now. It, yeah, it does. Which makes the movie even better now in my eyes because I'm like, these guys are just witty and hilarious to their core. Yeah, and what Um, I like about this too is 
the backstories of Terry and Alan. They're completely opposites. And you'd never guess like Alan, for example, he's a, he's a pencil pusher. He's an accountant for law and order. He has a history of a bunch of random things. He was a pimp. He, um, Gata. Gata. He, he audited Gata. his parents when he was a young kid and he was grounded, you know, just like those classic lines. And then you have Mark, who's like this, he was a previous stud cop who made some mistakes. People hate him because he shot somebody who he wasn't supposed to shoot. If you're interested and want to know who it was, watch the movie. Watch the movie. But he it's, said it. It's fun watching them fight and then make up. Fight and make up until they become unison, like a really good companionship, and end up solving this case. Just det- the best detectives in New York. Oh, and it's hilarious. They Oh, it's so good. Okay. With that being said, there's so many good parts, Boyd, but we you had to come down and narrow it to three of your favorite parts. Take, I tried. Take the floor. I, Number three. I, I tried, and there's so many, but I'm going to go with, uh, for my three, Number three, go inside, Alan. Bye, Sheila. <laughs> I loved that part. If you if you saw the movie, you know what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, Boyd, briefly explain this part because, yes. All right, so Mark Wahlberg um, gets invited to go to dinner at Alan's house. Terry meets Sheila, and Sheila's just this beautiful girl. And Terry all of a sudden is in love with Sheila. And... Anyway, they go on and have dinner, and when they're leaving, Terry's leaving to his car, and he's like, bye, Sheila. Sheila's like, bye, Terry. And then Alan's like, bye, Terry. And then Terry just ignores him and is like, bye, Sheila. (laughs) And then Alan's like, hold on, I I don't think he heard me. Um, Bye, Terry. And he's like, go inside, Alan. Bye, Sheila. (laughs) He's like, how in the world did you get this girl? And he was just mesmerized by her. <laughs> it's so funny. I love that part. It's oh, classic. Yes, that was classic. Anyway, what's your three? Okay. Number three for me is Alan's past. Him being mm. a pencil pusher, you would never have guessed that he has a history of being a pimp with a stable of horrors, a bunch of girls. <laughs> and he's like, I was never a pimp. So it's funny because Alan never thought of himself as a pimp. But you look at it, he goes really dark and he loses himself. And that's how he finds his his beautiful girl. But during this whole entire time, he's like, yeah, we started making money. We started planning these dates out. They started giving me a little bit of income. And Terry's like, man, you were a pimp. He's like, are you even listening to what I'm saying? They gave me a nickname <laughs> called Gator. Listening? Oh, man, it was just kept going and going. They kept rolling with it. And it, I'm glad they did. <laughs> oh, man, that was so funny. I love it. Um, my number two is, I'm a peacock captain. You gotta let me fly. <laughs> Do peacocks fly? <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yes. man! Just to preface on that part, uh, Terry was getting upset at being held back. He felt like so he just, I'm a peacock captain. You gotta let me fly. <laughs> just all pissed. Was so he throws funny. out the water bottle and oh yes, that's a great one. That's a quote that I actually use quite a bit. Oh, I know. That's why I had to put it in my top three. Because I actually use this quote. Okay, my number two two is, they sounded so convincing in their argument. You know what I'm talking about? The desk pop? Desk pop. Uh, So these these cops are trying to convince Alan 
to fire their gun in the office. And Alan's like, nope, you guys are ridiculous. Not going to listen to you. And they all are talking about, it's like, hey, when was the last time you had a desk pop? Oh, three years ago, blah, blah, blah. And eventually Alan gives in and fires his gun in the office. And everybody starts Straight cracking. I was like, he actually did it. He's like, what? It's not a real thing? Ah, they sounded so convincing in their argument. <laughs> they, they sounded so convincing. And then he gets a wooden gun. He gets, <laughs> he gets gun a wooden gun. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I love that part too. I was, I was going to put that in my top three, but I ended up going with, for number one, I ended up going with, you thinking what I'm thinking, partner? <laughs> Aim for the bushes. Aim for the bushes. This is with Dwayne Johnson and Samuel Jackson. At the very beginning, the cops are chasing these bad guys, and they get on top of the this high, uh, I like what are they called? Oh gosh, it's like a skyscraper, tall building. Yeah, they're on top of a skyscraper, and they were like, "You thinking what I'm thinking?" Aim for the bushes. And they give each other knuckles and just jump off and literally like just fall to their death. It's a funny part awesome. though, because like it's Samuel L. Jackson and Dwayne Johnson, like two stud cops. You don't think they're actually gonna die. You think, oh, this is gonna be unrealistic. They're gonna jump into the bushes and be okay. No, you watch them fall to the ground and splat on the ground. Like it's not it's not gory or anything like that, but you just see them just stop right on the ground, just you know they're dead. The cement just you see the cracks in the cement, just dang, they're they're dead. They're dead. They're gone. Next scene, they're they're at a funeral. It's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yes, it sounds bad to say that's hilarious, but it was it was so fun. Oh yeah, they get into a fight there. <laughs> a, was... The quiet brawl. All right, uh, what's your number one? Okay, I love. I'm more broad here, but all the different fights Alan and Terry get into because they're different personalities throughout the whole entire movie. They just clash. And they just have so many different fights. But to solidify into one of those moments, it's Lion vs. Tuna. I, I love that tuna. quote. And it's improbbed by Will Ferrell. It's amazing. It's unreal. Because it's a long quote. And it just, just flows so good. It's They let it roll. It does. It flows so good. And everything to- totally makes sense when he's talking. You're like, yeah, he has a point. He's right. Lions cannot swim. <laughs> that that tuna lion concept was completely flawed. But it was it was so it's that's impressive for being improv. Yeah. And the best part not the best part, but the funny part too is Terry had nothing to say after that, so he just spilled some hot coffee on Alan. <laughs> he just throws hot coffee on his face. <laughs> um all right, we got to come up with the what we both think would be the number one part in the movie. Oh my goodness. Um, honestly, with the improv, I would have to just say the lion and tuna quote part. All right. Um, I don't I, know. What, do you, what are you thinking? That's number one, my number one, so I will not argue with that at all. I'll, all right. I'll consider it a victory. A victory. You win. Yeah, I win, you win that this one. week's. Congratulations. And right. I, I think um, what makes it better, too, is you have to watch this with people who are going to laugh, too. Because if you hear people next to you start laughing, it just flows and it becomes contagious. And you just have to laugh over and over again. <laughs> you got to watch it with some happy, funny people. And then this movie is 
definitely an A. But we're going to get into that. So we're going to do dabs of ketchup. We're going to score out of five dabs of ketchup. Our, we're going to do one score, and it's going to be our good ketchup score. Todd, what do you think? What's your good ketchup score? I have to How dab this. I have to dab this as a five. This is my number one comedy of all time. This surpasses five. Dumb and Dumber everything. This is my number one comedy movie of all time. So I have to give five it, I'd give dabber. it a five. Dabber. I wouldn't even give it a 4.9. There's no way. How about you? Okay. Well, you're going to be shocked, but I give this one a five. Ah, yes. Psych. Psych. <laughs> I had That's no a, inkling of doubt that you weren't going to give it a five. Too many yeah, there good quotes. Five out of five, five dabber, good catch-up score. You heard it here, folks. Because Here's the thing about this movie that sets it beyond anything else is it has a really good storyline too. So within this good storyline, you have some great action, you have the comedy, and you even have the pretty girl and Eva Mendez just going out there and doing her thing as well. You have everything. And yet, what's fun about it is there's not that dirty of a movie. You're not going to find any inappropriate uh, parts other than there's a funny part with uh, Alan and his wife. But you're not going to find anything crazily dirty about this movie. All right. Go get them, guys. Lots of energy. Lots of focus. (laughs) So you have to throw Star Wars into into this movie as well. So there's a building being blown up next to them. And then Terry, or Alan's like, how do you walk away in a movie without flinching when it explodes behind them? There's no way. I call BS on that. When they flew the Millennium Falcon Falcon outside the Death Star and it was allowed and it was followed by the explosion, that was BS. And Terry's like, don't you dare badmouth Star Wars. That was all accurate. Oh my gosh. Um, Alan, I just want to go somewhere and breastfeed right now. (laughs) At age 11, I audited my parents. Believe me, there were some discrepancies and I was grounded. Terry asked Sheila to be his best man. She declined. (laughs) Oh, remember the Irish pub part where where Alan starts singing that random... Irish song, I gave my love to Erin. She promised <laughs> yeah. to be true. <laughs> oh, shoot, man. I always got little river band loaded up in here. I got like six discs. I got six discs. <laughs> oh, then the part where he gives uh, Terry the cup. FBI. Read it, read it. Female oh, yeah. body inspector. Hilarious. On second glance, you're like, female body inspector get out of town that is outrageous get out of town uh, did someone call 9-1 holy crap <laughs> <laughs> holy sh- oh man I got so drunk last night I thought a tube of toothpaste was astronaut food <laughs> oh man you can just keep going on and on with those quotes oh man okay and one last shout out to the narrator, who I think makes a lot of the movies, but it goes unnoticed. Ice-T, narrating this movie, did a fabulous job. Great job. All right, guys. Let us know what you think about this movie. Remember, we're doing this glass half full, being optimistic about it. If you're going through tough times, we hope that it eases up. 
make the best of it. Think of the glass half full again. And if you are going through tough times, watch this movie. It'll ease your burden immensely. Watch this movie and you're going to laugh. You're going to you're gonna be in a good mood. So we're so excited to bring you this podcast. And check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just type in Good Ketchup. Um, we're going to keep doing this every week. If you want us to review a movie that you guys think would be funny to review or just a movie that you guys want us to review, let us know. Just contact us on Instagram or Facebook and we will 100% do that movie. And we're going to post this on Facebook when it's released. Uh, Comment on it with your favorite quotes because there's a lot more than what we put out there. There's a lot more. So please comment. Let us know what you thought of the movie, what you thought of the podcast, and quote your favorite movie parts. Did that go the way you thought it was going to go? Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. This is good catch up. We're out.